<laughs> Hello. <laughs> okay. Today on the project, and I do think we have a little marketing problem. The name of this is the yes. project. Absolutely. I, oh yeah, that's Johnson? that's that's who we are, okay. the project. Yeah, okay. Some people are getting confused because we throw in the big oh. love and I just we're waiting on we're getting some branding stuff, so it should be more clear coming soon. But today on the project, we talk about conflict resolution. Exactly. Oh, and and it's it, we give we we have a model for you. We got some we got some ways to approach it, some uh, ways to navigate it, to come to a resolution, and and you know so that really when you are navigating conflict. You can just stay super chill, super calm. Ooh, there's a little hint. Conflict. Don't even say the word conflict, conflict resolution. resolution. Oh, conflict. It, it just, yeah. <laughs> Immediately, yeah. people have. We should just start it. with one. Immediately, conflict, you're right. people don't. I mean, I know I do. My my stomach feels like a, a knot, right? Or like even just talking about it with you right now. It's my. I went. I tightened up all those muscles in my neck when we said conflict. It's just. It's it doesn't feel good when you even talk about that word, right? It Absolutely. doesn't, but it is necessary. To, to have it, right? I mean, if there's no conflict, Ooh. people aren't being honest, right? If there's zero conflict, then it's almost as if there's apathy because people aren't really saying what they mean and they're kind of being the chameleon, is my opinion. I don't mean – I don't think there needs to be conflict every day or even every week. But ultimately, if you have a team with zero conflict ever, that – sort of means you have everyone thinking right? in the same no, direction, which I don't know if that's think, healthy either. Thing, what do you think? Not not a good not a good place. And I also think, you know, you've heard me talk about um someone in my life who had a big influence on just kind of my education and at, when I was teaching Dr. Kane, right? Dr. Charles Kane. And he was the president of a of a community college, you know, district here in in my hometown and i know that when when we had talked about people kind of being quiet or not really having any opinions you know he would always say that that was kind of dangerous because people are talking and they are having these conversations so if you don't know about them as a leader if you're not facing them head on they they really you're just misinformed because they're happening. You need to know that they're happening. And I kind of think about that with conflict too. It is happening. We do want to be aware of it. And like you said, deal with it because it can get out of control or it can, I shouldn't say out of control. That sounds so dramatic, doesn't it? It can get out of control, but it can grow to like another, it can go to another <laughs> level, I think, before, because people start making assumptions about you know, different things, but you were saying that if you're, if you're not dealing with it, that it can, it can grow into something even bigger. It does. Right. So I think the old visual was that if you right. push it under the rug, eventually it will grow and you'll trip over the rug. 
I must be feeling very dramatic today because it kind of went to like larger conflict, right? But what you were just talking about, this idea that we don't want groupthink. We we want people to think independently. We want people to bring ideas that will help to maybe flush out the details of things. Like we we want them to we don't want everybody to be a yes man. We we want a, like a healthy debate, right? And some people think of conflict just when you're having a healthy debate. They might classify a health a healthy debate as conflict. So what do you think about the levels of conflict? I think that was something we that you mentioned earlier. I agree. I think there's levels and I also also think there's levels of people's tolerance of it to your point. So if you know that somebody isn't inclined to engage in even small levels of what I would call conflict and I think you could also call it just a difference of opinion if they're not going to voice any of that, then when larger issues come up, they're more likely to just do what you said earlier, kind of go with that group think. So how could we define the levels for this conversation? So to me, there's the daily um, right. process level conflict, right? There's just differences of how things should be done. And then to me, the larger level conflict is like why that. something does or does not need to occur. And then in probably I think, and I don't know your opinion on this, some of the even more challenging pieces of conflict have even less meaning and they may be more personality-based, right? If your values aren't in alignment and someone's behaviors kind of not jiving with your core set of values, then the reason I say that that's more challenging conflict is because that's when your ego is more involved, in my opinion, and and then you kind of get into that. So it's less data-driven, less fact-based. And if you do have to, if that's a like an associate, an associate conflict and you're the leader that's intervening on that, you're really needing to make sure that you're not biased in either direction and really just man, help manage the conflict Ooh, versus yeah. if you're a leader and you're in the conflict, right? And how you're making sure you're showing up for yourself and you're verbalizing your opinion and you're not offended if somebody disagrees with you. So I don't know. You're, There's you're so right. many angles you're, you're to the Rubik's Cube right. on And this I think, one. too, what you were saying about when your values are maybe not in alignment with either others, and that's kind of placing you in conflict, or if your value has been violated in some way, you mentioned ego, which also has a lot of emotion attached to it, right? It becomes then very personal rather than... At least for me, I'll lose my objectivity, right? I, I, that just right out the door. And now all of a sudden it's, you know, something personal that's happening. They're speaking just to me or that, that kind of, oh my gosh, I can make up so many stories in my head about things like that. But yeah. That's what I was going to say. The stories in your head, your brain is wired to close the loop. So if you don't have a reason, if the reason hasn't been presented to you, we're wired to create the story so we can close the loop. So if you're brushing it under the rug and you're not really speaking your truth or giving people to speak their truth, space to speak their truth or whatever the case is, people are just going to make it up and they're going to have the meeting after the meeting 
that you're not going to be privy that to. That is so and true. Something Our will have brain been fills conjured in, up, right? When we, like you said, we are neurologically wired to fill in the blanks so that we we feel as though we have all of the information and can make choices based on that. So that is absolutely true. And if there's not either the courage or the safety in the environment to allow you to step forward and, and share your feelings or your ideas or, or what you're feeling in conflict about, for sure those other conversations are happening. I absolutely agree. There's no conflict here. Just wanted to throw that out there. I agree with everything that you've just said, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's too true. bad because I think people like it when we think different thoughts. Here's here's something on leaders.com that I'm going to put out there. So they're saying that most conflict yes. occurs due to poor communication in the workplace, Ooh, crossed boundaries, and unfulfilled Don't expectations. Do, I, you Listen, unspoken expectations will kill a relationship <laughs> faster than anything any relationship, right? You cannot have unspoken expectations. I think one yes. of the things that you and I have been talking about with conflict, because we we acknowledge that a lot of leaders, even ourselves, as we have been growing in this, really want tools to be able to, to navigate conflict. But we also want to change the mindset from that dread or that, oh my gosh, you know, we're going to, this is coming up and we're going to have to talk through it or get past it or whatever, to really looking at conflict as an opportunity. That's, that's an, an overall change or shift in the mindset that we have an opportunity here to come into alignment, like, like you were just talking about, or to maybe even uncover more information, more data, more facts about what's going on in the situation, how people are perceiving it. I think that that shift in mindset has really helped me to like keep my emotions in check that okay, we have an opportunity here. We can we can look at this as, you know, what can we do better together to move past this or to maybe get those expectations in alignment. I really like that. And we actually talked about that offline. And I, it was in my mind when I had to manage some conflict <laughs> last week. Lucky me. And I did kind of say to myself, okay, this is an opportunity to come into alignment. And you just have to hope that the other party is willing to look at it that way as well. And I do think it's helpful yeah. to try and step into the alternative perspective, especially if you're the one delivering the news or possibly by the information you're going to share, you know that that individual will ultimately not be in alignment, you know, moving forward if, if there had to be a different choice. So I, I really do like that mindset, uh, you know, kind of change and shift. There was another one you had mentioned. Gather more data on something, mm -hmm. right? There, there may be something else that, you know, that really mm -hmm. you're not knowing about a situation, but in the time that you're able to come together, you have the, I don't want to say opportunity again, but you have the chance to share more and kind of figure that out. Um, I think, yeah. 
I do think this is something that grows over time in your in career, right? I, I think when you're first starting and you're really understanding the level of conflict that you're going to have to deal with and that the quicker you stop shying away from it and you just start to learn yourself in these moments and self-reflect and just say, okay, I could have done that a little differently. Next time I'll execute in yeah. a different way and hopefully that will have a different outcome is helpful because then kind of looking back, you're like, okay, that wasn't that right. wasn't as traumatic as I thought it was going to be, right? It's and I think in leadership, and tell me what you think about this. Most sometimes when you're having I, I think that leaders, when you're having to deliver performance-based feedback, mm-hmm. they that is considered conflict. It feels conflicting, right? Because if you enjoy working with this individual and now you need to provide this feedback it is conflict in that sense. And to your point, you're needing to come into alignment regarding the expectations and even just in your mind saying that versus, well, I have to give this performance review and this person's not going to be happy because ultimately their, typically their behavior has created this scenario Mm, and you're not going to work harder at their job than they are, right? So as the leader, it's your job to step in and say, Here's the expectations. We're out of alignment. Are you open to coming into alignment? And then you yeah. you have to take it where it goes. That's the other thing. People are unpredictable. So you can role play and talk it out, but at, you're going to have to, in the moment, be aware, stay aware. And mm. I think we have a corresponding yes. acronym. We Shall I run it through really quick and then we'll go back and talk a little more about each one? So the C is really sure. comprehending the problem. Yep what what the what's really going on right what's the the problem there i don't want to go too far into it because i want to talk with you more about each one the a is an avenue think of an avenue to gain clarity how are we going to get an alignment on this how are we going to share alignment so that a is kind of a dual purpose right there right an avenue to gain clarity or to share alignment and then the l lay out the problem really so that both parties are coming into agreement on what the problem really is, what's the real issue that's going on here. And then the M for calm is move into action. We've got a plan now that we all agree with. Now let's execute that. So C, comprehend. A, avenue to come into alignment. L, lay out the problem and the solution, right? Get get that plan of action ready to go. And then M, move into action. Let's talk about each one of them. What do you think about the comprehend? I think you need to comprehend Ooh. the problem from all perspectives. You you do have to give people time in the conversation to express their perspective and then listen. And you you say this to me all the time, which I love that you have to be listening to hear where they're coming from and about their perspective, not to respond to, right? Because, oh yeah, mm-hmm. Because in my head, I'm making uh, a list. Yes. I'm debating mm-hmm. right back at, you know, you say yes, I say, well, why yes? You say, how come? Well, why how come, right? Like I'm ready <laughs> yeah. to debate back and forth and try to clobber you over the head with my perspective. So I love that. That has, as that has always been such helpful helpful advice. Listen to really hear 
the perspective that that they're bringing to the table, not just to formulate my response, right? Yes. <laughs> not to litigate, right? Just take it easy, counsel. Just listen to listen. Yep. Just the record it. will state it eventually. It. Just and then the, that take piece a minute. Of, of the yeah. avenue, right, that we're going to be able to. So okay. if we're comprehending the problem and I'm listening to it, and I'm taking on both perspectives or I'm trying to see the other side, right, of the perspective and really removing the emotion when we're doing that. That's why we're saying calm. We're, we're staying calm. We're getting rid of all that emotion. We're really trying to, like, make the problem, understand that the, the issue, the problem is really its own little entity. It's not kind of connected to anyone else. Let's look at it from that perspective. But the avenue to clarify and to share alignment how are we going to do that? Right? Is that is that just that we need to maybe share those different perspectives? Is there other any other information that needs to come into the conversation? Do we need to look at a policy or a procedure that perhaps someone wasn't aware of or maybe even that um there are, are steps that are being missed that we need to go back and be sure that this individual has a good understanding of. So that avenue to come into alignment really is what is the issue? Is it an unspoken expectation? Is it someone not living up to their end of the bargain? Is it just that really the lack of communication has left us all in a place where we need to come back and kind of regroup and reset so we can look at each one of those little facets of alignment and really see where we need to focus. I also think this nice. is an opportunity to share data. So if you're in the conversation and there's a claim made that says, well, we can't do this because X, and it's it's a statement of an increase in something that that has created a barrier, whatever the case may be. Are they able to substantiate that with some data or is this just a claim because you're frustrated and this is the opportunity to sort that out? Do you need another meeting? Do you need to go and get some data and come back to the group so that we can, that's part, to me, that's part of I the like avenue. That. That's meant. You're working through it with someone and you're not, what I was hearing from you is it's the opportunity to share data. So it may be that you're coming with that information to the meeting or that you find as you're working through something that you need more, I would just say when you're bringing that to the table, there, there might need to be some like preparation for the, for the other individual. So where my mind went is like maybe in a performance situation where we have some conflict surrounding how we're perceiving someone's performance versus how they're perceiving it. So I would want to bring data to the table. I would want to, if I'm telling someone that they're habitually late, right, to, to come in to get going on work, I would want to bring that data to the table. So I would want to be sensitive in how I introduced it because I wouldn't want it to become, sometimes I think it can become a battle of the data rather than, you know, people really looking at the issue. Yeah. So I, I like what you said about yeah, defensive. there may be an of opportunity. Course. If we're bringing it in, great. But there may be an opportunity in the conversation to take that pause and, and gather more data on it and then come back together, which I think can 
can be really, really helpful as long as you're not letting too much time go by. Because I think sometimes then it really can start to eat away at the relationship. And as a leader, if you're the one yep. in charge, just send out the meeting invite because people are going to try to avoid this. So keep keep it moving. Lay out the problem with the plan. How are we going to get you here on time? Maybe you need to leave your house a little earlier to drop your kiddo off. But also, is there maybe something I can do on my side to give you more time to get in? Maybe there's a, a shift change I can do. Maybe there's there's something that might be able to happen. But spell out what you're going to do, right? Have a, a plan of action so that everybody knows, I'm going to do this. You're going to do that. You're going to leave your home 15 minutes earlier, and I am going to... XYZ so that again you're not leaving with unspoken expectations or out of alignment. You people do that in in conflict situations too much. It's you have to spell it. And both or all parties should really be comfortable with the plan and the path forward. You know, walking away feeling as though if if it's successful, right? Right? Not that you got your way or you won or whatever that is, but that both parties are comfortable with what's going to be happening and they understand their role in it and the other person's role in it. I think that's key. I love that. I love that. Reasonable amount of concessions. And last but not least, my favorite part, (laughs) get it done. Move into action. I love that. Go away. (laughs) Move into action. Get it done. That's, I think that's the best part to be honest with you. I don't I don't know how anybody else feels, but you've done the hard part is, you know, comprehending the problem, taking everyone's perspective, if you know, into consideration and really finding the avenue for alignment. Those the the first the C A L is the tough part to me. But the M is the good part. Is you're like checking stuff off your list, right? Absolutely. But here's where as a leader you need to do what you say you're going to do. So if you're if you have any part in this, you need to make sure that you you follow up and and that you do hold yourself accountable for that action piece as well. Or if it's one of your individuals that you support, that making sure it. that they're I love doing it. that as well. And I do want to just be a little bit honest and transparent here. There was a situation not that long ago, and I think I believe I was talking to you or um, our other trusted colleague, and I was. So to me, sometimes when you call, right, prior to actually navigating this lovely calm, you need to just vent, right, prior to doing all these reasonable steps. And so I was upset about something. I don't remember. It was a little bit ago. And I kept repeating my perspective. And the person, and it may have been you, or or I'm not quite sure, and they kept saying, in your perspective. (laughs) And I'm like, it's the only perspective, obviously. Right? That is, there's no other way to see this situation. Like, and that's not true. But in that moment, I'm like, that's absurd. Of course, that's the only, I mean, so I'm saying that to be jovial and to be light because there's steps in this. Right. It's not, you may not be able to go directly to calm. And I would advise making sure you're with a trusted confidant, yes. not an ally when you're having that conversation because they should all start with anything I say in this call <laughs> needs to be control alt delete shall not be remembered or written. Right. No, you I, know what? I, I think you, I'm glad you brought that up because I believe you have to get past the emotion before, right? That's, that's part of being calm. That's part of the see for, you know, comprehend 
the A for alignment and the avenue to get there, the L for laying out the the problem with the plan, and then the M for moving, right? And yes, I'm, I'm repeating so that it just sticks with everyone as much as it can for moving into action. But you have to get past the emotion. If you go into any kind of conflict management or resolution, you're with emotional, it's, you're not going to get anywhere because people are going to match that emotion, right? Like they're just going to bring it in the same way that you bring it. So I love that. Vent it out first. Oh yeah. Especially if you're the leader in the situation, you are, your energy that you bring to any of this is so palatable. People are just watching. I I know we said this, actually you said this earlier and I really liked it, but that time after to reflect, right? So you've worked through the calm model and you have moved this situation forward one way or the other, but after it's done, you can maybe take that time to reflect, self-reflect on where you had better opportunities um, to maybe change your language or your timing or, or what that might look like. Were you able to follow the model? Did you stay, you know, on the model so that that way you, you got to move into action and let's make this happen. So I think that self-reflection afterward is really, really important. And I think it's like meditation, right? I think conflict management is a practice and you have to continuously think about how you're going to do it. Once you've done it, you know, that you have looked at where you can make improvements. I just, I, I think the more we can make it that practice, then the, the better our skills get with it. So, oh yeah. And would you agree it's it's a science and an art? I'm feeling like I want to combine words and make a scart. I like a scart. Like not a science or an art, it's a scart. Oh, my face. I'm, I'm like, oh my God, combined. that's brilliant. <laughs> it's a scart and it is. <laughs> Because it is, right? Because you have to, I totally agree. Practice and ebb and flow. And sometimes it's more science than it is art. Sometimes it's just, hey, you know what I was thinking too is that some of some of our 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 friends out there in our community that are listening, sometimes you get involved in the conflict from the onset, meaning that you you have all the history and you kind of know, like, you know how this grew and you can you can come to it with all that that base knowledge but there are times you just get thrown in especially as leaders right you this conflict has grown beyond your your sight you haven't mm-hmm. seen this going on and your people have taken it as far as they could and now they're bringing to you this problem because they really need your support in how to navigate it from this point forward and really how to bring it to a place of resolution. So I think that's where the artistry comes in, in that how do you gain the information from both sides? And how do you support your wonderful associates at the same time giving maybe the customer or the patient or the client or whatever you want to call them the same level of support and that feeling of being heard when they are an external partner, right? So I I absolutely agree with you. It, it is a science and an art. And I think the artistry comes in with how you, you know, how you're navigating that situation. 
depending on the knowledge that you you have about it. What would be some good takeaways for our community if they wanted to do something this week that could practice the art of conflict <laughs> resolution? Oh, excuse me, the SCART right. of conflict resolution right. or conflict I love management. That. I love that. <laughs> I think I was thinking, so if you don't have something right now, even if you took one situation from your recent mm-hmm. past and just analyzed it a bit differently and thought went through the model of calm, did you comprehend the problem? Was there an avenue to clarify? Was there a laid out plan for the problem? And were you able to successfully move into action? And if one of those areas was less successful, maybe determine the one change you could have made and that you'll make in the I future and just commit I, to that. I think that's a really good next time. A really good way to practice it in, you know, in the mindset. I also just want to add to that look at the order when you've done this previously, like when you were talking about, think of that time, right? And then lay this model over it. The order that we're putting this in to comprehend first and then look for the avenue, it really does funnel beautifully down to the ability to take action. And I think sometimes, at least in in my less successful conflict management moments, it's been out of order. I've not gone in really knowing what I'm, you know, what I'm supposed to resolve there. So I, I think that's something to really be conscious of is, is that order as you lay it over and, and being really like shift the mindset every moment that you have over the next week where you can shift to looking at it as an opportunity, whatever's going on in the moment, how is this an opportunity to improve, come into alignment, gather data, share expectations. I think that's going to automatically become habitual, right? So I I like starting with lay the model over something you've done. Let's look at some self-reflection and then really how do we look for those opportunities to to on the regular with all the conflict that we're, we're involved in, no matter how small or large it might be at this time. And then before we sign off today, I know in one of our last episodes, we let the community know and understand a little bit more about what might be available to them. Dr. Johnston, if their organization, whether that be small or large, we would offer this workshop. And if they wanted to reach out to us for more direct training on something of this nature, are you prepared to give <gasps> oh, them Lord. the email address? <laughs> Okay. I believe I am. Boy, this is, I believe I am. I believe I am. Okay. To come and maybe do a workshop um, on, on conflict as an opportunity, because that's really how, you know, we, we are viewing this and how to achieve that mindset and really make it a working applicable model for your organization. Did I stall long enough to like now build up to the proving that I know the email address. Okay, here we go. You would yeah, email I'm, us I'm excited. at uh-huh. the project yeah. dot big love at gmail.com. Yes. Woo! There you have it, folks. A parade <laughs> has been launched. Confetti is coming down. Dr. Johnston got the email. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. I was so, did you hear how like, I mean, extremely 
um, intense I was about making sure that I got that out. But yes, yes. And, and I hope they do reach out. I really do. I think there's so much conversation that we can have around this and really give um, even specific language uh, um, in different, you know, different for different organizations who do maybe some human services pieces. That would be really fun to be able to share. Yay, okay. big love. So we look forward to hearing from you and have a great day. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts and please visit our website for resources at theproject-biglove.com. Be sure to like, share, rate, and leave a positive review. And if you don't have anything positive, no worries. You can skip that part. As always, questions and stories to share are welcome at theproject.biglove at gmail.com. Now for our legal disclaimer from Dr. Johnston. Best practice for change management is to be sure all parties are informed. Please be sure you discuss with your leaders or supervisors any ideas from our podcast today that you might like to use in your organization before implementing.